show. Obviously, you're not a golfer. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken! Fuck that shit! Pops, blue ribbon! You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. Money, 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 money! I drink your milkshake! I drink it up! Son of a bitch. Stole mine. You're a cantaloupe. <laughs> kind of wall we got up north nothing yeah that's what i thought <laughs> fucking lake of the woods they got fences up north but <laughs> eh, not really <laughs> people come and go <laughs> fuck you get to swim there from duluth <laughs> yeah lake superior just hop in just <laughs> not after you hear about those maple syrup cartels i was reading about maple syrup cartels this morning <laughs> You don't even want to get me started. Oh, uh, I better not if yeah, we're gonna, gonna start say. this episode. <laughs> maple syrup cartels. Google maple syrup cartels. Hey, they just found In the Quebec. last cocaine cowboy. Did you see that today? No, dude. I told you I've been busy on the maple syrup cartels. <laughs> they caught the last cocaine cowboy guy. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I no one was after missing like, after like twenty six <laughs> years. So there's one missing. Yeah, because there was like three main that were indicted. It was like two brothers and another guy. Oh. And uh, one of the brothers had eluded the... He was on the Alam for the last 26 years. Turns out he was living in Orlando. <laughs> he was Not too far from Miami there for 26 years. He's like, I thought about leaving the state, but <laughs> I really like the weather. They thought he went to Cuba or, you know, South America. No. Oh. Or Central America. Nope. Orlando. <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah, Cocaine Cowboys. Got that film doc connection. Oh, yeah. Have you seen the old cocaine cowboys seen that i saw the first one uh i seen parts because they did two mm-hmm. i saw parts of the second one uh i like it it's interesting right. rough and tough in miami forget the name of the uh the female um scarface or god what was her fucking name i can't remember yeah she's pretty interesting i saw a different documentary specifically on her from one of her like right hand men who's in prison and mm-hmm. he was talking about like how fucking brutal she was and stuff. That was pretty interesting. Drown a blanket her name though. Well, welcome back to WTM. Watch this movie. Movie. I am your host, Eric Mulder. Eric, he is a bad, bad man. I'm joined once again by Mr. Alex Jones. Yeah. Let him watch. Let him watch. Yeah. Let them watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it in. Yeah, that is how you get it in. Yeah, it is. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, big episode today. Big, 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 big. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. It's not going to be so huge, but hey, huge. It's going to be <laughs> the episode. It's going to be the big. It's, it's going to be, be the mother. It might be the mother of all episodes. <laughs> <laughs> the complete opposite of the mother of all episodes. Just another mini up, but I we just, got important I shit to talk. Really about. hope all the beautiful babies are listening. <laughs> beautiful babies. Yeah, we should. Let's get a little poll going. Let's put out some feelers. See how everyone. We got some international listeners. How's everyone going to spend World War Three? The beautiful babies. What are you going to do? You going to go back home? Just hide out, Raymond. Well, where are we now? Uh, I do. I got an uncle in Nebraska who lives on a hill. Oh, that's right. He's, well He's got a fortress. He just yeah. go up there. Yeah. So I'm all right. <laughs> Does he have a private jet now? Too, but he is. He, he is very Republican. I'm not. So you'll have guns and you'll be safe. Well, I, he might not let me in. <laughs> but after, and I respect that from a security point of view. You know, got to got to look for that insider threat because I might try to take over the ranch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Tell us how you're doing. You guys want in on the on the on the on the scrimmage we're about to have in a few weeks? <laughs> scrimmage? Middle East. Oh yeah, yeah. Practice the other day with Syria. Oh. We'll, have, we'll have a scrimmage next week, and then we'll have a we'll have a game probably starting this summer. It's 
U.S. versus Russia. Oil prices will be on point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get that economy going. How do you get an economy going? You start a war. <laughs> if you're in the rich country, you start a war. That's well, a, that's that didn't work you... out for us in Iraq. Uh, it's usually how you get your economy kicking. Yeah, World War Two. Now, over time, it doesn't be... <laughs> it tends to creep down, but... But the... Uh... Fuck, what was I going to say? Scrimmage? Oh, no, the game, us and Russia. Eh, it's gone now. It's gone. You erupted? It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't interrupt often. <laughs> but when I do, I make it meaningful. So, uh, today... We'll be talking about a couple of movies we've seen, uh, but first, we got M-Spiff coming up. In fact, M-Spiff opens tonight. Today is Thursday the 13th of April. Yep. In the year of our Lord, 2017. <laughs> it's Holy Week. <laughs> it is Holy Week. I'm going to church on Sunday. <laughs> He's risen. Yeah. Have you not heard the news? That he rose? No, somebody stopped at my door a couple weeks ago. I've I've heard the news. Did somebody stop at your door? Uh, not last week, but... Jehovah? Yeah, last fall. A couple times. A witness of Jehovah? Yeah, they invited me to a meeting down the street. Couldn't make it. <laughs> just couldn't make it on time. <laughs> just, couldn't, just couldn't get there on it's time. It's like a total crowd scene at the food line. <laughs> Do you have a bagel in your, your, your crotch? Yeah, a shirtless... <laughs> Bagel in the jeans. <laughs> M. Spiff, Minneapolis-St. Paul International Film Festival kicks off tonight. Uh, Lost City of Z is the premiere uh, movie tonight, which also opens other theaters across the country tomorrow. I don't think it. I don't think it's a wide release. I think it's a limited first, and then maybe go wide. But that's gotten a lot of buzz. Directed by James Gray, which I was looking up his filmography, and his last couple of movies had. Uh, was like well received critically like uh the immigrant in like 2013 and then two lovers you remember that i haven't seen it but it was joaquin phoenix and something or other in like 08 it was right around the i'm not here or whatever fake documentary that yeah. he was making no uh, no i don't remember that one but the movie before that was we own the night Remember oh, the Joaquin the and uh marky Norton? mark and or mark Wahlberg. yeah and joaquin joaquin played the he wasn't the cop. He right. was the druggy yep. club owner brother. Yep. But I remember watching that movie. I remember the trailer got me really pumped to see that movie. It had the Blondie Hard to Glass song because that song's in the movie as well. You know, when did that movie come out? 07. Yeah, that was about the time. I, I didn't trust Mark Wahlberg in like a serious movie, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, so I think he turned me off a little bit. You actually were the one probably years later that told me. Yeah, it's, not, it's it's worth watch. There's some man shit at the end, isn't that the movie? No, that was. That in fact, if movie? I said man shit, that was talking about a movie that I did not care for, Pride and Glory, with Colin Farrell and Ed Norton. Ed Norton. Ah, I'm getting mixed up. Really, just duke it out at the yeah, end for I'm no. Get, I'm getting it mixed up for Never shits mind. and gigs, pretty much. Yep. Uh, that one was kind of dumb, but no, We on the Night. I remember just because I was so pumped to see it. We was, the night. I was loving it about halfway through, and the last half just kind of fell off. I thought huh. the ending kind of sucked, and it was, it was real, it was real meh. After I'm, like a very promising first half, very promising meh. It's fucking loving it, and then second half was meh. That's old James Gray. He did that. Yeah. Okay. But this one, do you have the Lost City of Z pulled up? It'll feed into our little news section because that's one of the bigger movies coming out yes, this spring at least critically because it's based off of a true story of a british explorer yep you know you have the rundown sure so the lost city of z a true life drama centering on british explorer colonel percival fawcett who disappeared while searching for a mysterious city in the amazon in the 1920s Stars Charlie Hunam as Percy Fawcett, Robert Pattinson as Henry Coston, Sienna Miller, Nina Fawcett, Tom Holland, Jack Fawcett. Tom others. Holland, the new Spider-Man, little Spider-Boy. Yep, that's a pretty solid cast. I guess I never actually looked over the cast list. Is it pretty? Is it? Isn't it pronounced Charlie Hunnam or is it 
Hunnam. H U N N A M. I guess I'm not sure. That's the Hunnam. Sons of Anarchy guy. Yeah, I guess I, I don't know. I've, I never, I've never heard of Anarchy. His. Well, I, besides I, that, so six episodes I saw. And you went, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust you. Well, I, I don't. It wasn't believable. And I know if there's anybody in the U.S. listening to this, they'll probably be up in arms. It's People a very popular fucking show. love Sons of Anarchy. I, the guy, Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. Just wasn't believable to me. Yeah. I tried. I tried hard. I watched it when it premiered, and I went, mm, not into that, but I'll watch <laughs> two more. I, I stuck in for two more weeks and went, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Uh, Seem sorry, lazy. Sons of Anarchy fans. The key thing I found lazy was, so the Sons of Anarchy, they have their crest, their, you know, their biker mm-hmm. gang crest on the back of their leather jackets. Well, when he takes off his... He has the exact same thing as a tattoo on his back. And I was like, that's more, that's kind of cheesy. <laughs> the exact same thing? Not into it. <laughs> you hear me? Not, into, not it. into it. But yeah, that cast sounds pretty solid. Lost City of Z. Yeah, it seems like it's a pretty interesting story. It's I believe it's over 90% both critics and users. So I think it's... Might be a, not like it's gonna be a blockbuster hit, but I think it'll be a hit with audiences. Yeah, ninety. It says ninety uh, percent Rotten Tomatoes. Well, it did, but when I clicked in, eighty-eight percent certified fresh. Ooh, eighty-eight just went down. Yeah, went down a little bit, I guess. Still certified though. Oh yeah. It was an Amazon Studios production. Is it still? Is it weird to you to hear like Amazon Studios like making films and shit yet? Uh, it would be weird, weird if I didn't. He- see it about eight times by right. watching neon demon because that was amazon studios oh. <laughs> sure yeah that makes sense <laughs> we're gonna watch it fucking amazon studios uh it was it's weird at award shows to me still yeah. to hear amazon or uh i thought there was another one maybe netflix hearing netflix netflix original and i get that show originals have been around for netflix for a while but it's still weird to hear but oh that's some more film news i should bring up um uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, remind me, right after M-Spiff. Okay. Because, um, yeah, uh, starts tonight, M-Spiff, uh, runs through the 29th. Yep. There's, I think, over a dozen theaters in town participating in it. Uh, theater I'm at is we start showing festival films tomorrow night, Friday. Uh, we're doing it for one week. Other theaters are doing it for, you know, three weeks or whatever it is. But you, if you go to mspiff.org. So mspiff.org has all the movie listings, synopsis, directors. There's personal appearances for different films from filmmakers, actors, a lot of stuff going on. So if you're in the area, check out old mspiff website. So a lot 30, of stuff to see. So 36th mspiff. So it's kicking. It's oh, got, yeah. I think it's got a pretty good, uh, pretty good following outside of the state too. Yeah, it right. gets, I mean, it definitely gets bigger and bigger every year. Right. Now, I'm not sure if any of the filmmakers from Last City Z are making an appearance tonight. It might have been because the tickets were like 60 bucks to go see the movie. Oh, damn. Yeah. Just that movie? Uh-huh. For Holy for shit. film club members, it's 45. Oh, damn. But it was at St. Anthony, and uh, I'm guessing they had, well, it was a premiere event. You're seeing it maybe a day early. And then I think they might have had some filmmakers there. Can't remember. Ooh, you just rip one over there on the couch? You need some needle and thread? You got to sew a <laughs> hole up? What, my butthole? No, the couch. You ripped a hole in the couch. Why would I sew my With own butthole? F- force of air coming out. I don't know why I'd sew my own butthole. <laughs> you, you, you want to keep the human centipede out. <laughs> I need a partner. I'm gonna sew it up. <laughs> All right. So yeah, that's going on. Uh, check out that. A lot of a lot of movies in town. International documentaries, local, national, all comers. All comers and goers. Um, also, Mystery Science Theater 3000 yep. comes back on Netflix tomorrow night, or just tomorrow. These the 14th, so I guess at midnight. Although sometimes it takes like an hour or two because I was. I had the, when Chappelle's stuff came out, I had the next day off of work. So I was up, I was like, oh, fucking midnight, new Chappelle's. From midnight to one, they didn't come out. 
I think they came out sometime just after one, like one thirty or something. Oh, so either way, the fourteenth Friday they'll they'll be available, and I will be watching. You want to double check that? Just want to make sure it's the fourteenth for Mystery Science. Yeah, not the twenty first. That's another. Uh, that's a topic for another episode. Mystery Science Theater, local creation midwest creation as well it wasn't just minnesota people but made in minnesota right here not far from these confines other news uh the upcoming baywatch film <laughs> let me skip that got an r rating oh got an r rating <laughs> <laughs> sam told me that one really which i went well then you might see boobs i guess <laughs> maybe well, I'm sure we're going to see Zac Efron's ass before we see some tits. Dude, well, it's a must. You got to, the F, you know. <laughs> you got to watch them. The it F? says at 12.01 a.m. Pacific time tonight, Mystery Science Theater Season 11 is officially yours for watching. So that means 2.01 our time. Yep. So that makes sense. Yep. That's probably when Chappelle's stuff came out. It's 2 or just after. But yeah, that's uh, you know Seinfeld's gonna be in there. There's a bunch of cameos from different people. Like one of them's like Seinfeld is gonna be on Mystery Science. Oh, I haven't <laughs> read much about it. It's like a guess. I don't. I'm guessing he's not gonna be riffing on movies. He's gonna be on like the side plot things that the little mini plots they have going on of shit they gotta oh, do or kinda shenanigans hoping, they pull. I was kind of hoping he'd be ripping on movies. Maybe he will. He's a little guest, but they don't. Mystery Science doesn't really do that. It's always like the host and then the two bots. The bots. Yeah, it's got quite the cast. Patton Oswald is just a regular. He plays like the new like mad scientist. Oh, really? Yeah. He's and pretty good. Jonah Ray is the new host. Oh. So, you, know, you watch, isn't he on all, like, Midnight all the time? Uh, yeah, he's on at Midnight, and then they also had uh, him and... Kumal, Kumail Nanjani. Yep. Uh, they had their stand-up show on Comedy okay. Central too. Yep. I forget what it's called. Comic books. It was out of the back of a comic book store that they really did, and then they just filmed it for two years. It's not on Comedy Central anymore, but mm. they're pretty good. They're funny. Yeah. Also, I saw a story today. It's kind of a, a more of a somber note, but it's film-related. That a couple, a New York couple, got arrested today. For murdering their 16-year-old special needs step, or not step, but foster, adopted child. It was an adopted child with special needs. 16. Brad Pitt. Angelina (laughs) (laughs) And they killed him and set their house on fire after watching Manchester by the Sea. (laughs) Jesus. I did not hear that. Which I will not go into detail Manchester by the sea because it's kind of a spoiler but you can say there's a fire that's involved somewhere in there and I'll leave it at that but if you see Manchester by the sea that's kind of nuts this couple killed their kid and then burned their house down that's pretty wild (laughs) I didn't hear that they tried to hide it and who says you know the autopsy was like there's no smoke in his lungs (laughs) there'd be smoke in there if there was a fire when he died who says, you know, the power of film just inspires. <laughs> God. I was like, what? That's pretty rough. It was, they said it was like within two hours of watching the movie, the kid was dead. Jesus. That is a snap decision. Yeah. <laughs> Off a sea in Manchester by the fucking sea. <laughs> well, that can't be good. Movie. You just look flabbergasted over there. It's kind of like, what do you say to that story? All like, right. Really? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, damn. Uh, In other film news, I just saw an article with the headline, The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, The Moment the Series Found Its Groove. Thoughts? (laughs) I see it's barely fresh right now at like 63. What? No, the new one? Yeah. Fate of the Furious. Yeah. I don't know how they'll be able to hold on with old P. Walker gun. Well, they were fine last movie. Yeah, well, he was barely, I mean, he's in it briefly. Well, he was in the end. His brother, I mean, playing him, I guess, probably. <laughs> but <laughs> it's supposed to be him. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't like his big send-off. I can't remember the end of it. It isn't like he's going to go live his life now and shit. 
his character. That's how he took it. Yeah. His his girl. I think it was by the ocean. Baby. You know. Yeah. They're sitting in cars, <laughs> looking over, and then the one Wiz Khalifa song plays, which got nominated for a fucking Oscar. That song. Just smells of. 400 blows, right? Ending 400 <laughs> blows. I think that's what they're going for. <laughs> Every fucking movie that ends at a fucking on an meta, ocean. dude. All right. Enough film news. <laughs> Let's get into what have we seen lately. What did you see? Me? What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? Yes, you. What did you see, Jones? So, the inner child in me got dragged to the Beauty and the Beast. Oh, good for you. <laughs> And how was it? Not bad. <laughs> uh, Weren't you just getting mad or like, oh, my God, there's a gay character on the screen? <laughs> I, thought all, I thought that was so stupid. So Sam remembers. I remember the cartoon very well, but I don't remember the gay character. Ga, not Gaston. Goddamn. LeFou? LeFou? L-E-F-O? Poof? I don't know. Poof, whatever. Uh I don't remember the cartoon character of him, but I assume he was probably somewhat feminine. I mean, he followed Gaston around, thought he was a fucking man, whatever. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I'll give a little rundown. Uh, so those who haven't seen or heard of the Beauty and the Beast, it's an adaptation of the fairy tale about a monstrous looking prince and a young woman who fall in love. Directed by Bill Condon, stars Emma Watson as Belle, Dan Stevens as Beast, Luke Evans as Gaston, Josh Gad as LeFoe, Kevin Klein as Maurice, Ewan McGregor, Lumiere, I did not know that. I'm just looking at Stanley Tucci, Maestro Cadenza. Uh, overall, uh, you know, not too bad. It's not usually up my alley, I would say. Obviously, this was a Sam choice. Uh she loves the Disney movies. It kind of falls in that trend of live action Disney movies that they're basically recreating old Disney cartoons into live action movies. So there's mm-hmm. Jungle Book a couple years ago, which got really good reviews and was pretty good, especially for the CGI and the talking animals and stuff like that. I feel like it's a tricky line to kind of walk. Um, and then there are, there's this one. And I, th- I don't know the other ones they're planning, but they have other ones in the works. Um but it, it would, I mean, it was pretty good. If you like the cartoon, I would say you'll probably like this. Uh, it ran a little over two hours. It was right about two hours, a couple minutes over. Uh, they added a few extra songs in there that I wasn't a big fan of. The gay character, Josh Gad, plays mm-hmm. LeFou, who is, you know, the controversy around the gay character. Because I know, I think in Russia, and there's a few other countries that said they're not going to show it. I even think there is states down south. They said they're not going to show it because it's... It's pushing the homosexual agenda. Uh, get over it. I, there's gay people in the world. Uh, there always has been. <laughs> but Josh Gad does a pretty fucking killer job. Uh, yeah. He was probably, I would say, the best person in the whole movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was all right. Uh, funny thing, the director's name jumps out at me. Bill Condon. Me and Sam were, after we left, I go... You know what that guy's directed before, right? And she's like, oh, no. I go, he did one of the Twilight movies you brought me to. (laughs) And she looked it up and did like, he did the one where I started to laugh in the theater because the fucking wolves were talking or something. It was so bad. So bad. I go, good thing I didn't know he directed this going in or else I would have not been in a good mood. Uh, Yeah, it's all right. Um, I mean, on our rating scale, I would say it's a... WTM, I would say WTM Last Resort. I would put the cartoon Beauty and the Beast as a WTM eventually because it's a classic. I mean, Mm -hmm. we all grew up, or I guess our generation kind of grew up on Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and those, so or Lion King, and I I would put that. You should watch that over the live this live action, but it's a pretty. They did a pretty good job for having one a beast walking around talking. Also, do you remember uh? Um, what we do in the shadows, you saw that, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Beast. Do you remember that part? I only watched uh, it once. <laughs> so at one point, Gaston <laughs> says to the beast, he looks at me, he goes, "Beast," and he sounds just like the fucking guy. 
<laughs> what we do in the shadows when he looks at his ex-girlfriend he goes beast and she goes asshole <laughs> so the whole time after we're walking out of the theater i kept going beast <laughs> uh so go watch it strictly for that but well you're saying as a last resort yeah i just i don't i don't know i don't think you and that would probably go for even like jungle book not gonna officially rate it on here but i I don't know. I I don't think you. I think it is a last resort. I think it, it's it's not a bad movie. It's worthwhile. It's watchable. But I wouldn't put it above the cartoon. I would say like the cartoons mm-hmm. you should watch eventually. Uh, so I can't put these in the same bucket as those or higher. So I guess that's my thought process. Still worth a watch. If you're into the musicals, if you like Beauty and the Beast, you should watch it. I mean. All right, looks like it's going on our new film ratings as a last resort. Yeah. Which is basically... It's right there with Twins. Scary Movie 3. <laughs> it's basically a two-star rating. Well, I mean, here's the thing. We got, like, Carol. I put Carol as a last resort. Yeah. The critic. No, you didn't know. you put Never? No, that's the last resort. Because it, it was like, yeah, it's, it's a good movie. I just... It, if you want to watch movies, you don't have to watch it. <laughs> that's how I felt. That that's how I feel about this one. You don't have to wait. Like if you never get to Beauty and the Beast live action, yeah, who cares? Don't lose sleep over it. Because we like to gear the these ratings to kind of help people. Like if they're really interested in like film or movies, mm-hmm. to be like get more into it than the casual moviegoer right that's kind of what our ratings are kind of geared towards right yeah so these are do you want to get knowledgeable about film since the beginning of time so to speak or whatever and kind Mm -hmm. of really get into it i do think you need to pick and choose what movies you watch so i don't think you need to prioritize beauty and the beast live action all right well looks like we're going from one last resort to another (laughs) i finally saw Ghostbusters answer the call because <laughs> right they added that so it's not called Ghostbusters you gotta anymore. answer the call well on IMDb it's still just called Ghostbusters but I believe it's now officially called Ghostbusters answer the call from 2016 directed by Paul Feig starring Melissa McCarthy Kristen Wiig Kate McKinnon Leslie Jones Zach Woods Karen Sony, and uh, Chris Hemsworth there's cameos from original Ghostbuster people, but yeah, the whole cast, or the, the whole original Ghostbusters, all make an appearance. The ones that are still alive, that is. And he makes an appearance in the background. <laughs> what Ivan Reitman? Uh, I mean, uh, uh, um, what's his face? Not Ivan Reitman, but uh, Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. So he, they have a a bust of his head. Uh, like in the background shot or something as almost like a, an award or a statue type thing. It's not highlighted. It's literally like somebody's walking out of a room and you see it. Mm-hmm. I even missed Dan Aykroyd in there. Was he like a cab driver? Or something? Cab driver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, plot summary. Following a ghost invasion of Manhattan, paranormal enthusiasts, Aaron Gilbert and Abby Yates, Nuclear engineer Jillian Holtzman and subway worker Patty Tolan band together to stop the otherworldly threat. Now, why the fuck do they go through their first and last names of the four main characters in that synopsis? Yeah. What the fuck is the point of their names? Yeah, they should have just said paranormal enthusiasts. And a nuclear engineer. And a subway worker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to write a letter to IMDb. <laughs> You got to get a hold of this anonymous guy because he's just fucking up every <laughs> review, every synopsis that he does. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Ridic. Now, when this came out last summer, there was obviously the big controversy of. You know, Can women catch ghosts? <laughs> Can they? It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people, some, well, not a lot, but there was just some people were upset that there was an all-female cast. Some people were just upset that they're remaking Ghostbusters. Uh, some people were upset that it was women. Some people maybe just had a problem with, like, Leslie Jones or certain cast members, that sort of shit. 
and it became a big thing because it was a Milo Yiannopoulos or whatever that oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He kicked off of Twitter because he said Leslie Jones looked like a man or something like that. I think he called her a monkey or ape. Or looked, I looked, think he, he used looked a like racist kind of. Yeah. You Google it. I don't know for sure. Yeah, I, don't, I'm I can't remember sure that's what, what it was. He I think, said something shitty to her, and I think then it was like a manly whatever. But yeah, it was yeah. shitty. And then, uh, so there was a big controversy about you know, this movie's coming out, and you got to support the women, and it was like, well, it wasn't like it was one side against the other because one side was pretty small, I think. Yeah. Although it was very vocal because <laughs> it's a lot of mm. Twitter trolls and social media trolls. Yeah. So they're going up against the social media, social justice warriors. It was like a big mano y mano. Um, I try not to put too much thought into that because I don't like that type of shit affecting how I view a movie. I agree. Like it's obviously it's complete horseshit that I mean, you can't say that yeah, movie's going to be shitty because it's all women or they can't remake this Ghostbusters thing. But that also means that the opposite isn't necessarily true either this movie isn't great because it's all women you can't if it doesn't matter that means it doesn't matter i yeah. mean it shouldn't matter it shouldn't affect the way of movies viewed you know poorly or positively if it based on the gender of the actors mm-hmm. so you know i was just going to give it like an honest shot and i wouldn't think it's a i wouldn't say it's a piece of shit or anything i do i love the cast all the women. Uh, uh, Leslie Jones is the one that's I know I know the least because I just know her from Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. and whatnot. But you know I love Kristen Wiig, Kate she, McKinnon. She's pretty fun. Leslie Jones is pretty funny in uh, Top Five as Chris Rock's oh, sister or right. cousin yep. or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's busting on Tracy Morgan in there. <laughs> yeah. so she's pretty good in there too. Uh, McCarthy, I like her other stuff with Paul Feig. I like Paul Feig's other stuff. Um, I think this is the worst one of Paul Feig's that I've seen. And then, um, like I said, I love Kate McKinnon. Yep. Yeah, so you got McKinnon, McCarthy, Wig, and Jones. Yep. I pretty much like them all, at least in different things. I'm not yep. going to watch every Melissa McCarthy movie. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm sure half of them I would avoid. But, you know, I still like her, think she's funny as an actress. Yep. But it just did just not work for me at all, pretty much. Um, I didn't like the song. That was in like the middle when they finally got the suits on and stuff. And that's, you know, that's fine. I don't care that they updated the song. I just thought the updated song sucked. Well, you know, who sings the song who fallout boy. Oh, that's why it sucks. The fallout boy did the song. That's <laughs> yeah, why who it's... decided to get them out of the fucking cellar after about 10 years. <laughs> well, they've had some other stuff <laughs> when? recently, but since yeah, I... You were they were popular when you were in high school, college a little bit. Yeah, but I'm saying like oh six that was probably like their peak, oh five. I 06. would guess. I'm not part of that scene, dude. I don't know a follow boy scene. Here's why, but <laughs> Pete you know, Wentz. I had some friends, big follow boy people. Pete Wentz. Hey, they were pretty funny in uh, Sex Drive. I was gonna say, <laughs> give them that. I guess. <laughs> well, I guess. Uh, but that's why the song part, isn't but... that great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you continue before I give my two cents on Ghost, but I, I guess I gave mine way back when I saw it too. But yeah, they, uh, I mean, there's still some, there's some funny moments. There's some, there's some cool nods that I liked. I mean, a couple of them, some nods. I was like, nah. I did like the fact that Bill Murray played like the skeptic, because it was kind of like a, they basically came up with like a meta type character. Like he's supposed to comment on like. Mm-hmm that why are you guys even doing this movie and why are you women and all this stuff like right um so i thought that was kind of a cool little meta thing since he he didn't want to do ghostbusters 3 for like the past two decades yeah and it wasn't just that this movie is the problem i think after ghostbusters 1 was the problem when they decided to try and make a shit ton of money off of it and just market everything you know that because the movie came out as a big hit and then you get the cartoon that came out you get the sequel ghostbusters 2 that was kind of a pile of shit although i'd probably still watch that one over this one Ooh, that first. was gonna be my question because i i went this, back and forth on it i was like no i think the new one and then i was like 
No. I no. felt like the new one was absolutely better than the second one. Yeah. Because I think I saw the second one on AMC or something last year. I watched it. Mm-hmm. And God, that's just not good. <laughs> just no good. They're, they're like insinuating that fucking Dan Aykroyd's been banging the toasters and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This isn't any good. Or banging like the, the ghost goop. Yeah. Pretty much. Slime, uh, ectoplasm, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But I didn't, I, I could tell everything was just, because when this was coming out, they're like, hey, we're going to have a whole expanded universe. And there's going to be movies and TV shows and lunch boxes and toys and, you know, mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff for kids, basically. And this, that's what it felt like. The whole movie was just geared towards selling toys to kids is what the whole movie felt like to me. Because especially when, like, Leslie Jones is like, now I'm going to she starts running through all the weapons, different weapons. And there's like five different ones and they all do something different. And, but it's just like they were all just miniature versions that you can tell that you can go buy those things in stores. And like, obviously, that's not the first time things have been marketed that way. But a lot of people get Return of the Jedi shit because they're like, oh, George Lucas just wanted to sell toys to kids. Mm-hmm. So they had the fucking Ewoks and that whole kerfuffle. I still like Return of the Jedi. It, yeah, I think it's great. But um. It just the the first Ghostbusters was darker. You could call it a family film if you want, but it's a lot darker than this. And it was PG versus well, I think it was PG thirteen, but this one's PG thirteen. And it seemed like they just put a in this one they put of a bunch of like adult humor jokes in it, with just in like a kid movie, like Pixar. Like some Pixar movies will have like some subtle like adult humor. But this was like overt adult humor, and they just kind of peppered it in between so they could try and sell it to, you know, bigger audience or at least a different, a bigger age range. So the original was PG. PG. Yep. And, but it's, the first one's darker. Um, yeah. You know, I don't like CGI, but I, I didn't mind CGI in this one. It's the fucking ghost. You got to use CGI. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, they didn't necessarily use CGI in the first one, but they used tricks similar to cgi yeah for like slimer and all that stuff in the original um although there's a lot more practical effects in the original which obviously enjoy that but the whole everything was too well lit everything just looked like a fucking big expensive set even well, though so i think it was made for 3d as well yeah if i remember mm-hmm. right it was so i feel like that, that always was another... impacts a movie which, yep. so like mad max when we saw fury road I was I was slightly worried how it would be, because I, I I don't like movies that are specifically made for 3D. I'm mm-hmm. just not a 3D person, and I don't like 3D movies that much. Like it's not that much fun for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like you get that type of stuff from 3D movies, big yeah. lighting and cut like in your face types because it has to be essentially. It feels like, mm-hmm. but not always. Gravity. We saw gravity in 3D. That wasn't. Yeah, but yeah, there are certain exceptions. You're like, oh, this one's all right in 3D. I heard I haven't seen it, but Hugo Scorsese's animated film like oh, okay. six years ago yeah, or I something. I never saw it. They said that one was really great in 3D. It was kind of geared towards it. But and I could tell that I, I kind of looked that up too. Like, yeah, it was kind of made for 3D, and I could see well, this was. They probably would make it more fun for kids if it's 3D, and but everything just looked like I'm like they're their lair is upstairs in like a Chinese restaurant and it's like this big fucking well lit room and everything was just off about it. You know what else is in three? I think Friday the 13th part four and three and two. I have <laughs> three in 3d or maybe it's, I got three. the glasses. Oh yeah. Maybe three threes in 3d. Mm-hmm. I have it. You ever watched it without glasses? Oh, it's bad. <laughs> Like, not the movie itself, but just, like, the fact that it's 3D. Like, some of the stab shots are like, eh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like, God damn it, why did you do that? <laughs> but, anyway. Yeah. Um, I call it Last Resort. I mean, if it's on, I might watch it for a little while here and there. Different parts. Yeah, there was times I laughed. And, like I said, I love the cast. Uh, Chris Hemsworth... I liked his character. It was kind of fun, you know, bumbling idiot. Right. It got to be a little too much at certain points. I was just like, 
uh, too much. <laughs> but of a of a bumbling idiot. Uh, not just that, but like the types of jokes and like avenues that were going down. How'd you well, like the dance sequence at the end? Which uh, at the very end of the movie, um, credits roll, and then it's it's a dance sequence. Chris Hemsworth, and then everybody yeah. that was hit. That was your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite. That was weird because there is actually another. Did you know there's a post credit sequence? Uh, maybe. I found out there was. I haven't watched this in a while. Because I feel it, like I had no. Movie but. ends. Yep. Cut to credits. Yep. And then all of a sudden there's a. After about five seconds of credits, it comes back. And that's when you meet Leslie Jones's uncle, who turns out to be Ernie Hudson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. So they snuck a cameo in in an after credits sequence. Yep. Or after the credits start sequence. Yep. So then the rest of the credits roll. And then it's back. They're all in the lab doing shit. And uh, Kate McKinnon, I can't remember what she says. It was like a little quick joke that didn't hit or land. <laughs> uh-huh. And then it, like in front of her, Leslie Jones is listening to that audio recording stuff. And she like, she's like, what? Kind of like, what did she just hear? She like takes off her headphones. She's like, guys, who, who is Zool? Everyone's like, ooh, Zool. And it just cuts, you know, and it's like, ooh, Zool's going to be in the next one. And I'm really glad that they're not making any more <laughs> Ghostbuster movies. Uh, my buddy's dog's name is Zool. Oh, yeah? <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Did you say they're not? Did they officially say they're not making any more? I was reading follow-up stuff because that was their planned universe. They wanted to do sequels mm. with them, multiple sequels. Yeah. And the latest stories are No. The, their last hope was, oh, maybe it'll change after the release on a home video. You know, maybe it'll do gangbusters in home video, and then they'll go after a sequel. Well, it's been on video for a while. Uh, that's too bad, because it clearly shows that they're more driven by the money thing than... Because critically, it, like Rotten Tomatoes, it's 73. So no. critics didn't mind it. They thought it was pretty well. Mm-hmm. I actually was hopeful for a sequel... Because I won't repeat myself from way back when I saw it before, but I, I liked it. Uh, but yeah, I thought it had shortcomings. Where I thought the cast is good enough that if they wrote a good enough script, a sequel could be better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because there yeah. are a lot of things that you could probably cut down on. Now that you've introduced everybody and you've gone through all the quirky whatever type shit, mm-hmm. maybe you could actually create something better. I ho- I was hoping it would be flipped compared to the original. But the original Ghostbusters is fucking classic, and then the sequel is a dud. Whereas mm-hmm. this, you could, if it, the sequel is good enough, you could almost say it redeemed itself on this. Mm-hmm. That's too bad. I would have watched the sequel, I guess. I thought they were funny enough that I would have. I would have watched it also just because I hate the original sequel so much. <laughs> I think it is. It just sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <sighs> so, yeah, let's uh, get into one final movie. That we both saw. It's another Minnesota connection. Minnesota. Oh, you betcha, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go beers. <laughs> Wait, Beer League. Go beers. <laughs> oh, man. A Prairie Home Companion. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? I'll uh, just give a little background here. Uh, Prairie Home Companion. Uh, from 2006, directed by Robert Altman. And it was also his last film before he died. Um, starring Lily Tomlin, Meryl Streep, Woody Harrelson, John C. Riley, Tommy Lee Jones, Garrison Keillor, Kevin Klein, Lindsay Lohan, Virginia Madsen, Maya Rudolph, Tim Russell. And that's about it. A bunch of other people. Uh, from Prairie Own Companion in as well. We'll get into that in just a minute. Storyline. A look at what goes on backstage during the last broadcast of America's most celebrated radio show. Where singing cowboys Dusty and Lefty, a country music siren, and a host of others hold court. So, this movie starts at a cast. Robert Altman kind of has a lot of big casts sometimes. Also... Um, it's based off of a Minnesota public radio radio show that's been going on since. Do you have that up right there? No. It's been going okay. on since. 74, 76. If you have like the, on Wikipedia where they do like that really quick synopsis. synopsis. 
of what it is, like, like the paragraph, if you want to just read that. Sure. So, Prairie Home Companion is a live weekly radio variety show hosted by a musician and songwriter. Now, Chris Thiel, but Garrison Keeler essentially did it up until last year. Uh, the program was created in 1974 by Garrison Keeler, who hosted it up until last year. It airs on Saturdays from 5 to 7 Central Time from the Fitzgerald Theater in St. Paul, Minnesota. It, was, it is also frequently heard on tours to New York City and other U.S. cities. The show is known for its musical guests, especially folk and traditional musicians, tongue-in-cheek radio drama, and relaxed humor. Keller's Rye Storytelling segment, News from Lake Wobegon, was the show's best-known feature during his long tenure. Yeah, and uh, Lake Wobegon, there's a podcast. You can get news from Lake Wobegon, and they'll give you all these episodes range from about, like, seven minutes to, like, all the way up to, like, 20 minutes maybe. Mm-hmm. And Lake Wobegon is a fictional town that Garrison Keeler made up. He's originally from Anoka, Minnesota. And he kind of made up this fictional town where he tells stories of, I guess, his his fake youth or just his youth that he applied to this fake town. But there's a cast of characters that you'll hear people's names that are common characters throughout the show because each, each episode is just another story from that little town. Just what that. happened in the past week? What's going on in... Lake Wobegon. Everyday life in Lake Wobegon. What's what are the what's the Lutheran church doing? Is there a bake sale this week? No. Were the kids down by the lake fishing this week? What was going on? Was, what was the, the, what was the, the football like? team win? Yeah. The ones I listen to, he always the weather. He always touches on the weather at the mm-hmm. beginning. Oh, bring you to my little hometown of Lake Wobegon where the mosquitoes are out and it's a burly sixty eight degrees and <laughs> Very, very detailed, excellent storyteller. Really sets the scene. You don't have yeah. to work too hard on <laughs> imagining it. I'll say that. Yeah, he's literally. It's it's hard to explain. His way of storytelling is kind of unique. Uh, I'd say it represents kind of Minnesota Midwest um, sensibilities somewhat, but it's also just may have an older traditional way of storytelling, especially mm-hmm. via radio. What yeah. they used to do back in the day. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but it's his. There's so much detail in everything he says, and you think it's just like a. You think if you heard about it, like maybe you're thinking about it right now from us, like oh, it just sounds like an old guy talking about boring shit for fucking twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. But it, at least me and probably you, it kind of captivates you while you're listening to it. Just the detail and like there's humor in it. There's it's clean humor. It doesn't, you know, he doesn't get down in the gutter at all. It's clean humor. And it's not like it's corny either necessarily, especially it kind of goes on with the show. There isn't like necessarily corny jokes. It's just kind of like smart, clever, like innocent humor. Yeah. It, the one thing, it, it's humor mixed with almost like some of the ones I listen to like values like a certain aspect mm-hmm. of your character or something. It's not, I don't think it's intended to be like inspirational or something, but it, it is kind of interesting way of storytelling in that it makes you think, but it's short and it's super simple. I mean, when you really think about the stories he tells, they are like a bake sale and oh, they didn't have enough ingredients for the recipe, this and that. Mm-hmm. But the way he tells it, it's like, you're like, Oh no shit, not enough ingredients for the recipe. That's crazy. Like, <laughs> mosquitoes. Like Tarantino for the radio. Right. Uh <laughs> and it, maybe it's because we're from Minnesota. Maybe it appeals to us a little more than maybe people from New York City or something. I think it appeals to probably people who grew up in a more slow paced small simple town living. Rural. Because where we came from, it it's small town. Everybody kind of knows each other or knows of most of the people in the town. And it's just a little slower paced. So I think you do actually think of simple things and they become stories in your head. Even Mm -hmm. that once you get to the city, you know, everything is different. Like, or it's supposed to be, not to say it is, but uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting way of telling a story. I'll say, I think it's cool. I think it's what I always guess wanted to find in like a podcast or something was like just a short give me 10 minutes 
of something like it, that would be intra. He pretty much does that, even mm-hmm. though he's not doing a podcast. They just turned his story into a podcast or his segment into almost a podcast. But and both Jones and I had never listened to Premium Companion before, seen this movie before. I had picked it up because I'd heard a lot about it, and it was filmed at the Fitzgerald Theater in St. Paul. And Mickey's those, Diner. Those that don't know, F. Scott Fitzgerald, you know, the famous writer, Great Gatsby. Uh, that's Love all stuff. I got. <laughs> <laughs> you know him. He's from, uh, you know, the Paris movie. <laughs> you remember Owen Wilson talking to him and his wife, Zelda? Zelda. But F. Scott, F. F. Scott Fitzgerald is he from St. Paul, Minnesota? Or he spent a yes. significant. Por- okay, so he's well, from- he was he was born here, right? And then when he, I think it was when he was like eight or something like that, I believe he moved to New York with his family, and then came back around right. like age twelve, mm-hmm. and then he was here until about eighteen or nineteen. Left briefly, came back, but then left for good at age twenty-two, I believe. He wrote at least three of his books here. You yeah. can go the his neighborhood is still very well preserved. Um, a lot of there's tours, a lot of Fitzgerald tours that go through there. There there's a bar that it's also the theme of the bar in St. Paul. The bar is called the Commodore Bar and Restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's based off of the era he was in, but it also has pictures and different things about F. Scott Fitzgerald and Zelda Fitzgerald and stuff like that. Uh Pretty cool. Um, and they named the theater after him because he used to frequent it while he was living here. Yeah, I was gonna because it wasn't initially named after. It wasn't built yeah. with his name. It was. It had a different name previously, and then yeah, over time they adjusted. I thought it was in the eighties or nineties. Was it? Was, I thought it was relatively. I guess I don't know if that's soon anymore, but modern era. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's the theater that the show is based out of, which I always thought was kind of cool. Yeah, and they. Every week, the two-hour show, which we still have not gone to see yet because, fuck, those tickets are expensive. And I'm not going to lie now. That, Hundreds of dollars just for a ticket. Now that Garrison Keillor isn't there, I'm even less apt to go see the show. It's the uh, Garrison Keillor retired last year after yep. 32 years yep. of doing it. Not to say the new guy isn't good. He probably is very good. Yeah. Uh, and Garrison Keillor doesn't talk the entire time. He more... He sings, which I didn't realize he sang mm-hmm. until... Uh, got a good voice. Yeah, he's a good singer. Uh, he sings, and then he does ads, so he'll talk through ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the one? Powdermilk Biscuits <laughs> uh, in the movie. But uh, but then he'll leave, and other people come on to do their own song and dance or jokes and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. Yeah, the show is just made up of a lot of stuff like that. There's folk music. There's kind of skits. They'll have, like tongue-in-cheek dramas like Mm -hmm. uh, kevin klein's character in the movie is called guy noir yep he's a like a private detective who's making ends meet by being this working security at the theater yeah well on the radio show smoking weed on the job yeah (laughs) (laughs) on the radio show that was a running series of sketches that they would do Mm-hmm. It's like a serialized thing with Guy Noir, and Garrison Keillor would be the voice of Guy Noir, and he would—he was a private detective who did different odd jobs to make ends meet here and there, and it was kind of—he would over-describe things, yeah, like they'll use a lot of adjectives, tongue-in-cheek type type stuff, which mm-hmm. kind of uh, aligns itself with Garrison Keillor's like Wobegon thing and one of other my, stuff that they do. One of the early quotes he says, Guy Noir is finished off a grilled cheese sandwich with beans for a chaser. <laughs> it's like beans for a chaser. Yeah, he has like the hard-boiled detective speak, yeah. as they call it. Yeah, um, from like you know, forties, fifties film noir, right? And but it takes place. The movie takes place in the present, even though he looks like he just stepped out of the forties. Yeah, in the movie, <laughs> he's at Mickey's Diner, which is an older diner. Yep. The movie opens at Mickey's Diner, then he walks over to the Fitzgerald Theater. And the movie ends at Mickey's Diner. Yeah. It's only in those two places, the whole movie. Yeah. And Mickey's Diner, which is a real place in St. Paul, too. Which uh, we've touched on many times because yeah. it's in a shit ton of, well, yeah. at least local movies. Jingle All the Way and The Mighty Ducks. And yeah. there's some other ones I'm not recalling right now. But 
I think I believe it's at least multiple Mighty Ducks movies. Yeah. It was like, let's just get the let's just have the team eat here every movie. <laughs> it's like there's not gonna be that many open seats every time the fucking team goes there. There's only four booths in this fucking place <laughs> and they're all in the back, so but yeah, um obviously we might be a little biased because it's Minnesota centered, but it is a popular radio show with like four million listeners a week. Yeah. Uh, for their two hour radio show, which is fucking impressive for just a radio show. Mm-hmm. That's like this American life numbers. Yeah. Cause they a, don't have the show on a podcast. It's just no, the Lake Wobegon segment. Thing. So this is, which is actually pretty interesting that they still have that many listeners on terrestrial your, radio. Your yeah. Generic AM FM radio station type thing. Yeah. It says it can be heard on more than 700 public radio stations in the u.s that was as of 2005 so could be more i believe there's some international radio stations too that carry it yeah i wouldn't be surprised um but yeah it's kind of like an institution that you and i both didn't really know much about until recently and after seeing this movie i was like all right let's get into it let's learn more about it and this stuff is pretty fascinating i think a lot of people would enjoy it and get a lot out of it it's pretty it's pretty original uh like people who aren't Maybe from the areas we grew up in and stuff like that. If you go in with the mindset of kind of what we said, it it's pretty original to think that even though the movie's made in two thousand six, that same that's the exact same format they're doing today. Like those folk songs and that storytelling and stuff, it's from what I could tell, it's the exact same type format today. And to still have such a huge following of people, it's it's pretty fascinating that they're able to actually do it. Especially in this day and age where you have podcasts would you call it wtm eventually Mm. i'm thinking about eventually i don't know maybe i'm trying not so i i I want to say eventually but then i go am i biased towards it because it's the i get biased towards minnesota films sometimes just because they're they're fucking fun for us obviously just Uh like anybody if the movie's made in their town or their state uh maybe not la but uh well i was trying to picking between I, I eventually would, and like soonish i would right. say more eventually that's where i was going I, i'd probably say eventually it's definitely not a last resort it's better than that uh because the movie as a whole itself is pretty good i mean it's a fun movie to watch i uh, think it's in like the 80s and rotten tomatoes and and it, it's the perfect length it's like an hour and a half or mm-hmm. hour and 45 minutes but with credits it's under an hour and 40 minutes so i was like that's pretty damn good length i would say it's uh, like, yeah, it isn't, I don't think it's a masterpiece and it's not like it's hilarious or anything. I just thought like after it was done, I was like, that's a cute little movie. Nice, nice little film there. Well, especially knowing the history of it too. If it was all fake, like the radio show didn't exist mm-hmm. or any of that type of shit, uh, I probably wouldn't have liked it as much, but knowing that that is real, um, I would say eventually. So the critics and Rotten Tomatoes give it 81%. Um, Audiences is fifty nine, so mm-hmm. audiences actually don't like it. Yeah, as well, much as much. Yeah, much. Fifty nine is not not necessarily bad, but and a lot of that I think you know has to do with it's a lot of folk music in there, and they don't really do a lot of skits. They do a lot more advertisements in the movie um, well, than, than like skits because it's kind of cool seeing like they make up these sound effects and noises and how they like create these noises is pretty fascinating yeah. as well. Yeah, I love the on air ads that he does for ketchup and duct tape <laughs> yeah. he turns a fucking duct tape ad into a full-blown story <laughs> then brings it back around and it's like so yeah go buy duct tape uh, <laughs> pretty cool it's also the type of movie that you and i talked off air uh, we think we'd get a lot more out of it the more we watched it because it seemed like there was a lot of subtext a lot of in-depth type of mm-hmm. ideas and like philosophies it was discussing yeah or kind of bringing up Yep. So it definitely is going to garner multiple viewings. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I would say eventually just you don't have to rush out there, especially because this is only – this isn't going to appeal to everyone. We know no. that. I would say for the crowds of people who actually listened to the show and didn't know maybe that a movie existed or something, um, I would say definitely go – I'd put it more in the soonish category for them. But everybody else, yeah, eventually. I think if you should check it out at some point. Mm-hmm. Also very uh, interesting because it's it's almost like a it's similar to Birdman. That Birdman is it's kind of like one continuous shot, but it's pretty much all in the same place. And this one is 
the entire movies in the theater except for the very beginning and end mm-hmm. and it's like a you know it's a whole um ensemble cast and it's the cameras there's a lot of tracking shots like following people around yep. through through the the Fitzgerald theater isn't massive at least like backstages right they talked about how they had to pretty much like gut the basement and just like put up um uh, dressing rooms mm-hmm. for all the scenes in the movie because like Garrison Keillor's was basically like a janitor's closet was like the, it was like the size of his little office or or dressing room they didn't sure. really have a lot of dressing rooms so they just kind of like the basement stuff they just put up shit to look like dressing rooms to so they could have characters interacting right off stage behind the scenes shit like that uh the, the one thing that i had read that was pretty cool um was all the music that was played by like so woody harrelson and john c Riley. Uh, dusty and lefty it was all filmed and live recorded so there was no like go back to the studio and get them to sing and stuff and Mm -hmm. then dub it over that was them actually singing and playing right in front of the camera and it was more interesting because i read that while i watched the movie um if you pay attention to how long some of those shots are on them like you were saying Mm -hmm. when they're singing and playing instruments even meryl streep and lily tomlin it's somewhat impressive. I mean, I get that all of them are really good actors, and obviously they could do that. Mm-hmm. They can learn a song and whatever. But, I mean, they all sound pretty fucking good. And to know yeah. that it was live recorded, like, as they were filming, and that's what they ran with, I thought that was kind of a cool little touch. Yeah. And uh, Altman's known for long tracking shots. The player has a very famous sure. tracking shot in the very beginning. It's like seven. I can't remember how many minutes it is. It's multiple minutes just one long tracking shot Ooh, another ripper <laughs> ripping shots over here god got a hey, ripper it? dog we're right about there that's mine from like a couple of years ago i think <laughs> people are listening and going oh yeah this movie really sounds good what did he say fart <laughs> uh, uh this wtm guys are horse shit but yeah, <laughs> Robert Altman, uh, it's kind of interesting that it's his last film and that the studio was kind of not really sure if he was going to make it <laughs> through the whole film. So what they did was they had Paul Thomas Anderson kind of serve as a backup director. Yeah. And I've seen I've watched some of the special features on the DVD and he takes PTAs by. Well, you know, he's married to Maya Rudolph in real life. Who's in the movie? Who's uh, yeah? Who's also in the movie? So I'm guessing pregnant in the movie and in real life with PTAs, which (laughs) is super fucking cool. Fun fact. Yeah, nice little fun fact. Um, But behind the scenes, he's very involved in the whole process because he had to know everything that was going on in case Altman croaked. Sure, because he was having some health problems as well. So he was. It's side by side. You see Robert Altman, fucking Paul Thomas Anderson. Just sitting there, like, you know, looking at dailies, directing stuff, and Paul's kind of getting people's input. He's Uh talking to people, too, kind of on behalf of Altman and going back and forth. That's pretty cool. So it was really cool seeing, like, a collaborative effort and almost like a secret movie that was, I wouldn't say it was semi-directed by PTA, but he had a hand in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that was was a pretty cool uh, fun fact. See, I wonder what he's listed for on credits. Go to... uh, Go to. I'll just look it up here. I'll see if he's listed on IMDb as a credit for Paul Thomas Anderson. You bad motherfucker. Uh, so he is listed under miscellaneous crew as a standby director. Okay. For Prairie Home Companion. Makes sense. Standby director. Yeah. See, there are a lot of cool fun facts in here. Like I said, the cast is huge. It's huge. It's <laughs> huge. <laughs> There's different storylines going on. He also got a special thanks at the end, apparently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's another one. So, yeah. Take a take a gander at Prairie Home Companion. Yep. Especially if you're from Minnesota. Step yep. Your game up. We were pretty disappointed that we were slacking on our Prairie Home Companion game. Yeah, we felt bad. We felt like we were I'm always bad. trying to make Minnesota connections Minnesotans. to my shit. Mm-hmm randomly so now at least i'm up to snuff on prairie home companion get your card back 
Get my <laughs> Minnesota Players card. It's just been revoked. <laughs> I thought I just got it back. <laughs> so no, it's taken away? Yeah. God damn. <laughs> Gotta go watch Mighty Ducks again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to add? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Uh, coming up, we'll be doing a movie breakdown of Old Boy. Oh boy! So stay tuned to that. The Ridge. Maybe at the end of next week or the week after, we'll see. I try not to give too much info on certain dates because then usually shit gets pushed back, and then I feel like an asshole. Well, then you don't have to be held accountable to anything. <laughs> well, it's just like like what I talked about uh, at the end of February. I was talking about doing my Neon Demon analysis, which yeah. I'm currently working on. I was like, yeah, I don't know, maybe in like a month, you know, after this whole, you know, black exploitation mm-hmm. slate of movies is done with. So like a month or so, something like that. So the end of, a month from there is at the end of March. And so now it's like almost mid-April. It hasn't come out yet. And I didn't say definitively, well, I said around a month, maybe I'll start on it or something. Right. That type of thing. So it's more like, well, it's coming out probably next week, but... You know, it, everything that we say is going to come out is going to come out. Yeah. Just Eventually. sometimes it takes a little longer. People just got to sometimes stick we get sick. Sometimes we have scheduling issues. Sometimes the equipment is on the fritz. That's rare, but it's and happened. sometimes it's none of their goddamn business. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing all this shit for free. Fuck! You start paying me. <laughs> Mulder a- Mulder pays me in chips. I do. <laughs> Quite frequently, chips. Once in a while, he'll get some pizza or a burger or something. But although we got to go to Mickey's, we're gonna take a picture. Yeah. Um, a WTM picture. It's gonna be me, you, and Sam. Because I asked Wolfie T about, I was like, hey, we should. Uh, we want to go to Mickey's. I want to get like a picture of all the like WTM people. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no. <laughs> like what you don't want like a fr- i was like i said i'm gonna pay for everyone's meal we to take a picture be a nice cool night out at mickey's yeah he's like no i'm like why not he's like well, i don't i don't want my picture on the site because i even offered him there's a little kind of half-ass bio of you and i on our website yep wtmwatchthismovie.com uh, I was like, yeah, you want to write a little background about you or anything like that? He's like, nope, don't want my name on there. That's why we've never said his last name because he doesn't want his last name said. What is his last name? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's like, he's all about not having his name, full name said and like being on the website and doesn't want his picture taken and put on there. So well, he's, he wants to stay off the grid like hardcore. All right. So... It'll just be me, you, and Flash. When the royalty checks start coming in, well, only people that are <laughs> identi- pictured <laughs> or choose to be identified on the <laughs> website get any money. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, reach out to us. Email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. Subscribe. And please, please rate and review our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. For all you Android users, um, follow us on Twitter at watch this underscore movie. Other than that, we will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you off my case.